hour two, Wildcat Insider on News Radio KMAN. Mitch Fortner, and a big thank you to the voice of the Wildcats, Wyatt Thompson, in the first hour for joining us. I'm riding solo the rest of the way up till six o'clock. And at Six Watt Chiefs Kingdom, hosted by Mitch Holtis from Kansas City, a high V somewhere in Kansas City. We'll talk about the win for the Kansas City Chiefs last night, Sunday night football against the Tennessee Titans in overtime at GEHA Field at Arrowhead Stadium. Seven o'clock, we'll have pregame of the K-State men against UTRGV. Tip-off is at officially 8.01. So if you do want to listen to the call of K-State women's basketball and uh, the Sugar Bears of Central Arkansas, you'll find that on a sister station, Sunny 102.5. Again, I'm Mitch Fortner riding solo for the hour. Happy Monday to everybody but the officials of Saturday night's K-State Texas game. I don't want to be that guy, but man, there were some really bad no calls at some crucial times. I mean, the pass interference that wasn't called, Phillip Brooks was clearly interfered with, the no face mask call uh, on Deuce Vaughn. It was really frustrating. The, the defense of holding on a running play on Eli Huggins did not make any sense. Just couldn't get a call to go their way. It sucked. I mean, that part of the game really did suck. Although the defense just struggled to tackle B. John Robinson. Adrian Martinez is starting quarterback. And I said on Thursday that I wanted to be Will Howard. I was in big favor of just going with a hot hand. But Adrian still did pretty well, in my opinion. Yes, he did fumble the ball a few times. One of them was the fumble that lost the game. The interception was very crucial. That was a big turning point. That was almost a 17-point swing. Uh, that one really hurt. I If I were to go back and, like, you know, if that was just – if that play just didn't take place, K-State had a much greater chance of winning that football game. But I don't want to blame it on that one play. And it's not like I'm blaming the loss on Adrian Martinez. I thought he played fine. He threw the ball for 329 yards. That's one of the best performances he's ever had of throwing the football. He was 24 of 36. And his ability to scramble and pick up first downs or pick up some uh, long passing plays thanks to the scramble was crucial especially when he was pulling it off. Just a couple of turnovers, though, were some big factors in the game not going K-State's way. But uh, a lot happened on Saturday. We are going to hear from Adrian Martinez in the next segment. He spoke to the media after the game. But I'm dedicating this segment to bringing back an old gimmick because it's men's basketball season time, and it is now time for our first edition of the year of Mitch Palm. Now, I'm not going to have Travion play the intro because, for one, uh, this is not live. I'm, I pre-recorded this because I'm actually heading to Bramlage Coliseum right now. I want to watch the K-State women's basketball game, so I'm going to be doing that. And uh, you know what? I think it's kind of time for a new intro. I was thinking about it today, and nothing against John Kurtz. I mean, he put in a lot of work a couple of years ago to make that intro. I just need an intro that's more me. You know what I'm saying? A little bit of a different... Uh, Different feeling to it. Uh, plus, you know, just you know, the beeping out of the cuss word. I'm kind of over it. So working on a new intro, but I want to get to Mitch Palm right now. K-State against UTRGV. That is coming up tonight, 8 o'clock from Bramlage Coliseum. It is the uh, official, I guess, official debut for Coach Tang. Just new team pretty much after the exhibition win last week against Washburn. So the University of Texas, Rio Grande Valley, that was actually created by the Texas legislature in 2013 because it was a consolidation of the University of Texas at Brownsville, which was also at one time called Texas Southmost College, 
And it's also the, a mixture of the University of Texas Pan American. I think that's how we all used to remember UTRGV as Pan American. But also back in 2014, there was a mascot change. And it was the Bronx. First of all, that's a point deducted by Mitch Palm because why are you going Bronx? Just say Broncos. And it's not like Bronx out of like like the borough in New York City. It's Bronx with it's Broncos without the second O, pretty much. Uh, don't like the abbreviation there. Just say Broncos. But they they went with the change anyway, and it was a controversial change because it was voted on to be Vaqueros, which is Spanish for Cowboys. Well, the UTPA, there was a lot of negative reaction they received on social media. Supporters were displeased. Um, also felt like Vaqueros was culturally insensitive, racist, and sexist. Nevertheless, though, the UT System Board of Regents approved the recommendation of the following day, making Vaqueros the fifth NCAA Division I nickname that is a Spanish-language word after Cal State Northridge is the, the Matadors, UC Santa Barbara is the Gauchos, uh, San Diego State is the... Uh, Toreros, I'm sorry if I'm I'm messing that up, but also New Mexico, the Lobos. All right, a familiar name coming into Bramlage Coliseum tonight as the coach of the Vaqueros, and that's Matt Figger. You might remember him as an assistant on Frank Martin's staff, and he started his tenure with UTRGV last year. It was not a good year for the Vaqueros. They went 8-23 in 2022 and uh, just 3-15 in the whack they finished in 11th place but I think you know Matt Figger is a great coach and he learned from some great coaches above him for some time he had four years at Austin P was very successful now he's trying to turn this program around and let's be honest the Vaqueros have not had great success in its history it became a division one program in the mid 60s and has not had a winning season since 2008 through that entire history for the Vaqueros they have never been to the NCAA tournament. This is a team that's going to have a new look this year. Just two players back from last year. That's something UTRGV and K-State have in common. Just two years back from last year. But only one key returner for UTRGV. And he was an all-wax second-team member in Justin Johnson who averaged about 18 points a game, grabbed about 17 rebounds a contest as well. 30th nationally. In drawing fouls, he had over 200 attempts at the free throw line a year ago. But Mitch Palm sees us as, okay, a team with just one truly great player. They went to the transfer portal for eight players. Two of them are D1 transfers. And one of them is from Grand Canyon uh, that barely played. Five freshmen, six Juco transfers. According to Mitch Palm, advantage K-State. Uh, even though Cats are a very new team as well, 11 newcomers, they uh, have a lot more experience in much bigger basketball than what UTRGV is replacing most of its roster with for this season. Now, I, I'm not taking away Johnson's talent. I mean, Johnson is a very talented player. I just don't think he's going to be competitive enough in K-State's defense I'm expecting to transition from the Washburn exhibition to today. That's got to be something that's going to be consistent throughout the year. UTRGV is going to have a tough time with handling that. Now, Frank Martin's influence on figure, 
I think it was pretty clear that there was a lot of influence during his time at Austin P. Did such a great job of forcing turnovers at Austin P. However, last year that was not the case over the Vaqueros. They were 308th a year ago in the country in turnover margin at negative 2.2, and they averaged themselves turning the ball over over 15 times a game. That is a very bad number, and I know it's a newer team, but expect K-State to turn over the Vaqueros a lot tonight. Hopefully, K-State can turn that into points. So UTRGV also played an exhibition, and uh, you know what? Give a point from Mitch Palm to the Vaqueros because beating Concordia University, that's out of Austin, Texas, the Tornadoes, by the final score of 136 to 81. Yes, 136 points. The Vaqueros were 62% shooting from the field, and they are led by sophomore Will Johnston, who is a newcomer, and he had a double-double. 17 points, 10 assists, and also four rebounds. Eight different Vaqueros in double figures. Now, it's not Mitch Palm without famous alumni. Now, I'm not going to lie to you. The famous alumni for UTRGV is not very exciting. Now, there is one name I think you might recognize. His name is Valente Rodriguez. Were you a fan back in the day of the George Lopez sitcom? I'm not talking about the like the new one that's on now. I'm talking about the old one that's on TBS at 2 a.m. And you hear low rider when you left the TV on and you wake up in the middle of the night. I'm talking about that TV show. Well, Mr. Rodriguez was an actor on that show. He was Ernie. He was like George Lopez's friend and co-worker there at that factory. You know, we're going to give a little bit of props to UTRGV on this one. Not bad. He was also on TV shows like Yes, Dear, Mad About You, ER, very familiar with all those shows. He hasn't been on a whole lot of stuff that we know. But you know what? Valente Rodriguez, kind of funny, kind of talented, not too bad. Now, the famous alumni for UTRGV is not very deep whatsoever. But I want to throw in a basketball player by the name of Marshall Rogers. So Marshall Rogers averaged 368 points per game his senior year that led the nation back in the 1975-76 season he only though went on to play one season in the NBA for the Golden State Warriors and averaged four points and he only played in 26 games a very short NBA career what after what happened after that moved back to St. Louis he was a substitute teacher and he owned a lawn care company He did what he had to do to get by. Unfortunately, he passed away about 11 years ago at the age of 57 with complications to diabetes. But look, a couple more things with Mitch Palm. A couple of big factors. UTRGV picked to finish last in the WAC. They're not expected to be a great team this year, despite all the new talent they brought in. A lot of inexperienced talent, I'll put it that way, but... Picked to finish last, both in the media and coaches' poll. Johnson, who I mentioned earlier, who's the leading scorer from a year ago. Preseason first team selection by the coaches. UTRGV just doesn't have enough talent. Just one player that is proven talent. K-State has much more than that, and most of them have barely been in Manhattan for more than three or four months. But the last piece of Mitch Palm I need to bring up is this new era video K-State put on Twitter earlier today and to me it's unbeatable but now a new journey begins new faces ready to take the next step it's a great day to be a wildcat 
and etched their names into K-State history. But this journey begins with all of us. For everyone who rides with the purple and the white. This is not a reboot. No, no, no. This is an elevation. Welcome to a new era of K-State basketball. All right, so that was about the second half of the video. Listen, go back to K-State Men's Basketball Twitter and watch it. It gave me absolute goosebumps after seeing that, after that being published. There's not a chance in hell that UTRGV can pull off a win tonight. Ken Palm has K-State with a 97% chance of winning tonight with the final score 83-62. to Mitch Palm gives Kansas State a 100% chance of Jerome Tang going 1-0 in his tenure with the Kansas State Wildcats. With the final score, Kansas State 85 and UTRGV 55. That's Mitch Palm for game number one, K-State against the Vaqueros. 8 o'clock for the tip-off tonight. Pre-game starts at 7 here on KMAN. Coming up next on Wildcat Inside, we're going to hear from K-State guard Desi Sills, who told the media his passionate story about the grind of getting to Manhattan, Kansas to play this season for Coach Jerome Tang. Next on Wildcat Insider. Continue with Wildcat Insider, Mitch Fortner with you by myself. White Thompson joined me in the first hour. If you want to hear coverage of K-State women's basketball against the Sugar Bears of Central Arkansas, tune over to our sister station, Sunny 102.5. It is on right now. Here on K-Man at 6 o'clock, we'll go to Chiefs Kingdom. 7 o'clock pregame for the K-State men against UTRGV with tip-off at 8.01. Well, it was a pleasure to watch Desi Sills in person back on Tuesday in the exhibition win over Washburn by the final score of 76-49 to because he has such an interesting story. Now, what we know as of late was back in October, he, sh- he had to show up late to finish up a few things at Arkansas State, so he did not get here until October. But man, did he look ready to go against Washburn. Now, he didn't do a great job of scoring the basketball 0-5 from the field and finished with just a point, but four rebounds, seven assists, and he had a steal, and he is very happy now to be a Kansas State Wildcat. It's been a grind to get here, but a very passionate one. And Desi Sills spoke to the media about that grind. I was wondering if you could describe your journey to Kansas State. I mean, it was difficult, you know what I'm saying? It wasn't like everybody else's journey where they come on August, you know. I had to finish up a couple of classes and uh, situation, you know. The last eight weeks, I had to really sit down with, with prayer about it, think about God. I mean, Coach Tang said that's one of the, he got put stress in my life to order for me to play good because when um, they had um, – the Eric Thomas speaker and that did evaluation like the airplane and stuff like that. He's like, for order for me to be my best, it got to be stress in my life. And I feel like that was stress, you know what I'm saying? Because I was messing out with the guys and, and I wasn't being here and, and it, it really hurt me. And But it really made me reevaluate, try to get 1% better each and every day. And I feel like it paid off the end. Now I'm here with guys and I'm blessed to be here. When did you arrive in Manhattan for good and walk me through that first day? Um, I arrived like October, like the 21st, 22nd. 
beautiful day. Just happy to be here. Man, happiness, you know, just seeing the the people that everybody was talking about, seeing uh, my coaches, love how I was getting all up, the teammates that had a, um, a dinner at the house and took me to Bramlage. I was like, yeah, I'm blessed to be here. And they was hyping me up and they was just glad that I was here as well. So they welcomed me with open arms. And I'm, I'm beyond blessed and forever humble for that. When I was I was doing some research in June 2021, when you were at Jonesboro and you were introduced, you said, I want to put the city of Jonesboro on my back. Do you remember saying that? And where does that mentality come from? I mean, first and foremost, you know, I'm the first person ever to, in my family to, to play high major. And, and one of the one of the top guys in Jonesboro, Arkansas history to ever play the game you know what i'm saying and basketball and it i always gonna give credit to my city because it's a small town nobody really know about jonesboro arkansas so everywhere i go i'm always gonna rep jonesboro because that's where i'm from born and raised so that i'm giving back to my natural roots and i get it i give it credit to my mom you know because i seen her struggle but never give up so i'm always gonna go hard for her so that each and every night i and then bramley y'all gonna see me give 110 percent no matter what win or lose. I, I can score a lot of points or, or if I don't score, I'm going to try to affect the game each and every way I can. Desi, obviously this is your second Power 5 high major stop, like you kind of said a little bit earlier. Do you kind of use this as like a second opportunity to kind of really prove yourself at the highest level of playing college basketball? Um, my, my, Yes, sir, because I know people, the coach staff, and I know what I can do, and I produce at Arkansas. Every sophomore year was one of my best years in college basketball besides last year, you know, and I did it at a Power 5 school, and I'm just trying to bring the same energy here. And this ain't a rebuilding stage at K-State. You know, we're going to come in and we're trying to win right away and show why Coach Tan won a hell of a coach and his coach that what he brought in and he brought in a lot of new guys. And I feel like we truly believe in them and we're going to come put it all together and try to rock Bramlers out each and every night. And then can you just kind of take me through the process of your kind of whole basketball career in college of starting at Arkansas, then going to Arkansas State, and then coming back to the Power 5 level with K-State and what led you to each spot, I guess? Arkansas, you know, I'm from born and raised in Arkansas. I mean, everybody growing up in Arkansas is Arkansas University. Arkansas is like our professional team, you know, so that's the, the main stage you want to play for them. And I, I, I feel like that's the best option was me when I was coming out of high school. And I was like, I'm going to do it. And I and I did it when you know, pretty much I won, you know what I'm saying? Each and every stop, you know what I'm saying? But I, I didn't want to leave Arkansas. I ain't just going to sit here and flex and lie to y'all, you know what I'm saying? But I had a shoulder injury. And 2020 messed up a lot of things, you know what I'm saying, with the COVID hit and stuff like that, because I was pretty much going to enter my name in a draft and just get try to work it out. I was averaging 11, had one of my best years, but COVID hit, came back my junior year. started off fantastic, you know, 14.2 points a game. You go look at the stats, the first 16 games are playing phenomenal, you know what I'm saying? Then we played, played Oral Roberts, had 16 to 10, had a shoulder injury, right? Everything went down here for since. You know what I'm saying? I was still working out, still trying to bounce back and stuff like that. But it gave it gave a coach the opportunity to play his recruits over me because I was not Coach Muslim recruit. But that ain't nothing to do with that. You know what I'm saying? But he won a hell of a coach and he know how to win. And I appreciate every opportunity that he gave me. You know what I'm saying? So I did commit to the University of Auburn, right? Um, I decommitted because I was like, nah, I want to I want to come back to a program where I can show them they I can win by myself and with a with a team that they already had everybody returning, you know what I'm saying? So I said, and my on top of my mom got sick, you know what I'm saying? So I made a family move or a business move. 
And I said, I'm going to come home to A-State. Went to that was 12 and 13 before I got there. And we finished 18 and 11 and then played three games that I know we could have won. So I was like, mm, I got, I'm going to get my degree. I got one more stop. Should I enter the should I, should I go pro or or try to try to come back to college and, and play at the highest level? You know what I'm saying? And I decided, sat down with God, it's like, all right, Coach You and Coach Ren called me and they gave me an offer and told me they want me to come to K-State. And I was like, I don't want to see it. I don't need to see um Manhattan. I don't want I just want to come in and help win. And I committed right then and there. I ain't even come take a visit or nothing. And uh, it took a long journey to get here, and I'm beyond blessed. And now I'm in K-State. I'm very proud. I'm coming along real well. But people don't understand. When I was gone, I know I'm talking a lot, but when I was gone, I wasn't. I ain't miss a beat because they had me on a plan. They had me one, one and two. I'm working out with a uh, GA on a on, on a Zoom call. Um, two to three, lifting lifting weights with um, Coach Phil in the um in the weight room when I was working at the trim gym. I get two hour break. Five to six, Coach Perry. I'm on an office scheme. Um, learning all the play five to six. I'm on a defense scheme with Coach Yu, learning all the stuff. So it's really, it was like I wasn't here, but I was here. I was just curious, YK State, what, what stood out through the, those conversations with the coaching staff? Like you said, you didn't even see campus. So uh, what, what was it that made you made you pull the trigger without even getting to Manhattan? Because it's, I feel like you know you got the instinct in your heart and it tells you it's, it's genuine, it's real. And I'm pretty much y'all seen y'all talk to Coach Tane and how real he is. He don't never sugarcoat it. He was dealing with God first, God preach about the positivity, and he always he touched me. I don't know how what way he touched me, but he touched me, and I feel like it was real genuine. So as I got off the phone with Coach you and then Coach Tane called me, I was like, I'm gonna make the fish without without a second guessing. I told my mom, no, I think this is the best option for me. Now, I knew they had 11 guys coming back in. You had um, Keith and Ish, the two returning guys. But I was like, that don't mean nothing to me personally because, like, it's a brand-new environment. Coach won at, at 17 years at Baylor. You think he ain't going to do it at K-State? And I feel like I want to be a part of that as well. So I just I want I pulled the trigger without second-guessing. And I'm, I'm just blessed to be here. I'm going to keep saying I'm blessed because I'm blessed for real. All right, so what is the best piece of advice you have gained from this coaching staff while you've been here? They they told me just be dead sales and dead sales they know I can be. Don't try to go outside the box or just be you. And that's the best thing I'm going to do is be me because when a coach slap 100% believe in you and you don't got to second guess your talent, that's when you play your best. How would your coaches and teammates describe you? Um, a go-getter. I'm a hard worker and a leader. That's what they describe me as. Even though I've only been here a couple of weeks and most of the guys told me I, I look like the leader of the team. It ain't, it ain't forced. It's, it's very genuine. And they come up and tell me how, how much they appreciate and I'm here and I appreciate them that they say that to me and I appreciate that they allow me and welcome me with open arms. Once again, that's senior Desi Sills, the combo guard from Jonesboro, Arkansas. You can hear that Arkansas accent in his voice, can't you? But looking forward to this one so much against UTRGV. Now, the complications that the K-State men's basketball team had this past Tuesday against Washburn, way too many turnovers with 19. Hitting the three-pointers, they were 5 of 23. They finished 21%, but they were 44% from the field. The free throw is an issue as well. Casey was 15 of 29. That is not good enough, 51.7%. Now, where I look for improvement tonight is, yes, be better in the turnovers. That would be fantastic, but I'm not looking – I'm not expecting night and day change. I mean, this is a team that's still getting to know each other, getting to know their chemistry, 
and just kind of predicting on what move a certain individual is going to make when you pass the basketball. Desi Sills did a great job of knowing what his teammate was going to do and find that teammate with a great pass and they could finish at the hoop. Uh, but I am expecting a little bit more chemistry. I'm not expecting 19 turnovers. I'm expecting K-State to turn over the Vaqueros a ton tonight. I just also hope for a better performance at the free throw line. The Cats on Tuesday did such a good job of drawing those fouls and getting to the free throw line. Just got to knock those in. They could have easily scored 90 points against Washburn. They just got to finish some shots and uh, you know knock down a couple more threes and make their free throws. They could have easily scored in the 90s against Washburn. Now, I brought this up on Power K Game Day about Jarrell Colbert, and the question was, was K-State going to score more touchdowns against Texas or Jarrell Colbert blocks against UTRGV? Well, K-State scored three touchdowns. I think Colbert could definitely get those four blocks tonight, maybe even five. He had five against Washburn back on uh, back on Tuesday night in eight minutes of play. He also had five points. But I love the athleticism from the five so far with Abayami Igiola as well. I think they are improved in the athleticism department, the defensive department as well compared to last year. And you got to keep in mind of the opponent as well. It was just Washburn, but it was a great start for them. And also, Keontae Johnson. I was honestly a little surprised he didn't score in double figures against Washburn. But he still had four assists. He had five rebounds, a couple of steals. Watch for him to have a great game tonight against the Vaqueros. There's a whole lot more I could bring you on that breakdown, but I want to hear from the quarterback at K-State. We'll jump back to football when we hear from Adrian Martinez after Saturday's game, after the break, here on Wildcat Insider. We're back on Wildcat Insider. I'm Mitch Fortner, and... This is pre-recorded, so unfortunately can't take any phone calls, but uh, if you want to listen to the K-State women's basketball game, you can turn over to our sister station, Sunny 102.5, right now to catch the K-State women against the Sugar Bears of Central Arkansas. Adrian Martinez was the starting quarterback, not Will Howard. It was decided on Friday by Coach Chris Kleiman that he would be the starting QB. He practiced all week. He was full go. And the decision was made about 24 hours prior. Now, a lot of people did want Will Howard to go because he was the hot hand. He played so well against Oklahoma State. Seemed like the offense was flying down the field a little bit better than what we had seen previously with Adrian Martinez. But I wasn't upset that Adrian was the quarterback, and he played well. 24-36 for two touchdowns and a pick. He also had a fumble on that last possession. Uh, But he also ran for 66 yards on 14 carries and had a rushing touchdown. Here's Adrian Martinez after the game with the K-State media. It's a tough one. Um, Tough one to swallow there, you know. Uh, Obviously had an expectation going into that game to win. And when you don't, you know, just a lot of disappointment, obviously. So uh, we're going to shoulder this one and, and move forward. What did the Texas defense do that gave you guys issues? You know, I, I really felt like uh, we got in our own way at times and, uh, you know, really had to finish drives, especially in the first half. Uh, kind of dug ourselves, obviously, a little too deep. Was able to bounce back in the in the second half with some good stuff, made some adjustments, and our defense did as well, you know. Um, just dug that hole a little too deep in the first half. The first one back out there, you know, just how did it feel kind of getting, getting back into the offense? Yeah, um, obviously a lot of excitement. Really happy to be back and, and thankful um, for that opportunity. And uh, that's about it. You know, just uh, thankful for each opportunity I get. And I think we all are. And, and uh, you know, able to get back out on the field doing what I love, that's that's something to be thankful for. Adrian, did it take you 
What does it say about your team that you can get the resiliency to be down 21 at halftime and, and kind of fight back and pull within one score? Yeah, I think it definitely speaks to the character of this team. Um, there's no quitting us. And, uh, you know, there, there definitely won't be after this game. Um, we're going to come back even stronger. And, and that's really the trend that's happened this year so far. And um, I have ultimate faith in our guys to uh, bounce back and, and be better next week. Did it take you a while to get a feel for the game after basically two weeks out? Yeah, it was almost shoot, felt like it might have been a month, you know, since my last game, real game. So um, a little bit at first, I'd say, um, in all honesty. Uh, but I felt like I was able to get in that groove pretty quickly and um, felt confident in what we were doing. So You found Deuce pretty wide open out of the backfield a lot tonight. Was that something you guys saw on film this week, or did they, is that just what they gave you tonight? I'd say that's what they gave us a couple times, and, and we had some, some nice schemes, some nice plays uh, designed for him. Um, he's obviously one of our best, if not our best, playmakers, so um, want to find ways to get him the ball, and we were able to do that for the most part in the past game tonight. Can you walk us through what the last couple of weeks were like for you? Yeah, um, just a, a grind and rehab and, and making sure to, to get back physically um, to where I needed to be to be able to play. And uh, really just a lot of credit to Mindy and, and her staff, our training staff, for being able to do that. The second on, that, on that last play, can you kind of walk us through what happened? You know, probably a, a little bit of, of trying to do too much, you know, trying to make a play there at the end of the game and, um, you know, was moving through my progression and really getting down to the, the bottom, which would be the check down and, and trying to make that throw. Um, got to bat it away, you know. We'll, we'll see it on film exactly how it went down, but um, turnovers definitely hurt us tonight. Describe the 25-yarder on the stop-and-go post to Cade Warner. Um, yeah, you know, that was a, a great play call, great play call. Um, kind of had a feeling they'd line up like that to that formation, uh, specifically the stack. You know, we had uh, shifted to it. And once we saw it sort of pre-snap, once I saw it pre-snap, um, kind of knew what would be there. So um, looked off the field safety, and Kate ran a great route. Um, and, you know, that's what the play was designed for. So great call by Coach CK. What's the message from Coach after this one? Is it a message of frustration, a message of encouragement, or what, what did he tell you guys? You know, we expect to win. So anytime you lose, th there's going to be some disappointment, and I think we all understand that. Um, you know, I think he spoke to a little bit about the character of this team and, and how we did bounce back in this football game and, and how we didn't quit and uh, our resiliency. And so we're going to use that moving forward. We're going to use that next week and, and understand in this league, I mean, shoot, every game's a, a fight. So um, obviously I have a big one against Baylor next week, and, and we'll be, you know, minds on that come Sunday, come Monday. So. Adrian, that second-to-last possession that ended with the field goal, did that feel a little bit chaotic there towards the end with trying to get the play in, the personnel set? Yeah, you know, in that situation, you really are trying not to use as much clock as you can. And, um, you know, that was a long drive. I'm not sure how many plays it was, but it felt really long, and uh, we knew we needed to get some points on the board. So, yeah, it was a bit chaotic. We had some subs, some different things going on. But, you know, you got to find a way to get the ball in the end zone. And that was Adrian Martinez after the game with the K-State media. He will be the starting quarterback, of course, this Saturday against Baylor. Both teams are 6-3 and three with a 4-2 and two mark in Big 12 play. This game from Waco, Texas with a 6 o'clock kickoff Saturday. Power K game day 2 in the afternoon. We'll wrap up Wildcat Insider with a look at this weekend in Big 12 football next.
Welcome back to Wildcat Insider. I am Mitch Fortner, and we're on just for a few more moments. Coming up at 6 o'clock, Chiefs Kingdom, hosted by Mitch Holtis at a hy somewhere in Kansas City to talk about the overtime win against te- uh, the uh, Tennessee Titans. Also, 7 o'clock pregame, 8 o'clock tip for the K-State men against UTRGV. If you want to listen to the K-State women's basketball team, they're on right now against the Sugar Bears of Central Arkansas on our sister station, B1047. All right, let's take a look at the Big 12 in Week 11. And uh, we got 11 a.m. kickoff. It is Oklahoma at West Virginia. Well, West Virginia coming off a loss to Iowa State. They need a win out to be bowl eligible. Meanwhile, Oklahoma is still one win away to become bowl eligible. Two transfer quarterbacks go against each other, JT Daniels of West Virginia and, of course, Dylan Gabriel of Oklahoma. Right now, the Sooners are an eight-point favorite. The game is on FS1. I'm giving the Sooners the advantage to get to 6-4 and four. West Virginia. I think they proved last week they are the worst team in the Big 12. And Morgantown is actually where K-State will go next on the schedule after this Saturday against the Baylor Bears. The only 2.30 kickoff in the Big 12 is Iowa State at number 18, Oklahoma State. So, are the Cowboys broken? I think they are. Spencer Sanders could be out for the rest of the year. That's the rumor, at least, that he's out for the rest of the year. And uh, they have a ton of injuries right now. They did not get it done against Kansas in Lawrence. But can they beat Iowa State at home? That's at 2.30 on ESPNU. It's basically a pick Iowa State, believe it or not, this seems so weird, but with the circumstances with Oklahoma State is the way it is. Iowa State is a one-point favorite in Stillwater on Saturday. But most likely, Spencer Sanders will not play for Oklahoma State. And then the rest are night games at 6 o'clock. Big 12 now on ESPN+, Plus. a huge game at home for Texas Tech taking on the Kansas Jayhawks. Texas Tech, they got three games left. They need two wins to get bowl eligibility. And Kansas is already there. As a matter of fact, I've seen some projections that at the Liberty Bowl, the projection is Kansas against Missouri. Now, that would be awesome. Uh, Kansas is bowl eligible for the first time since their trip to the Orange Bowl and beating Virginia Tech. But uh, Texas Tech is a four-point favorite now. Will Baron Morton be ready to go, or will it have to be Tyler Shuck? Um yeah, the kind of the quarterback situation right now for Texas Tech is up in the air. And meanwhile, for Kansas, kind of the same deal. I thought we, uh, I thought we'd see Jalen Daniels on Saturday. We did not. Could he be back for this game against Texas Tech? We'll have to wait and find out for the six o'clock start. And then the big one, unfortunately, it's going to steal probably a lot of eyeballs from K State and Baylor. And that is at six thirty on ABC, number seven TCU at number twenty four uh, Texas. That's what the um, the rankings right now, but. Um, That'll change tomorrow. TCU undefeated at 9-0, Texas 6-3. But uh, TCU with a two-game lead uh, um, above the rest in the Big 12. There's a uh, three-team race right now for second place between Texas, Baylor, and K-State. But this is the toughest game for TCU so far this year, in my opinion. And if you – I mean, K-State fans, you want TCU to win this game. It's not the same like it was a couple of weeks ago and even last week. You need TCU to win, so that drops Texas to 4-3 and in the Big 12 standings. And if K-State beats Baylor, that means K-State would be alone in second place once again in the Big 12 standings, but TCU and Texas will kick at 6.30, and the Texas Longhorns go into this game as a seven-point favorite. And that's going to do it for Wildcat Insider. Again, a reminder, 7 o'clock for pregame, the K-State men against UTRGV to start officially the Jerome Tang era, and uh, tip-off is at 8.01. 
A big thank you to Wyatt Thompson who joined us in the first hour. Travion Berkland on the board today. I'm Mitch Fortner back with the game from 4 to 6 tomorrow on News Radio KMAN.